You're listening to episode 250 of Outnumber the Podcast, Peacemakers. Today we're talking about finding more peace in our own hearts and lives and in our families, becoming peacemakers, and also teaching our children to do the same. We're going to cover three main areas, finding internal peace for ourselves, finding more peace in our families, especially amongst those siblings that like to fight, and number three, finding external peace as we go out and spread it into the world around us. So let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hello, and welcome back to Outnumber the Podcast. We have a fun one for you guys today. We're going to be talking about peacemakers. Um, it's going to help us a little bit, but definitely help our kids. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have kids that don't make peace all the time. Weird, right? But that's that's today's episode. We're going to love it. If you have more than one child, basically, you need to listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of sibling dynamics, I have this humor segment to start us off with. So um, all of my kids were recently in town for a wedding and um, one of them is working um, several states away and flew in for the wedding. And so that was great to have everybody. And as this, um, as he was getting ready to leave, the younger kids come, you know, racing down the stairs. Okay, we're going to say goodbye. And my 12 year old shouts at the top of his lungs to his siblings that are still upstairs. Come on, it's time to say goodbye to the virgin. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and after the child who is 18, I should have said he's an 18-year-old male. That would be kind of um, <laughs> add context. After he and his 20-year-old sister got over dying laughing, they said, do you by chance mean prodigal? And he's like, oh, yeah, I always get those two confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's so funny. Yeah. So <laughs> for a second, I was like, wait a minute, was he talking about the, like, for a second, I thought you were just saying he was saying that to his sibling before getting married. I was like, oh, no. you know a little bit too much, but you know, hilarious. <laughs> just a couple of biblical terms he missed. Yeah. He's step. like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 that one. Like, he doesn't probably know what either one of them means, which is why he messed them up. <laughs> he definitely doesn't know what virgin means. That's for sure. Kids oh are so goodness. cute when they mess stuff up, especially when they're older. That's hilarious. I know. I know. And they use all sorts of words that they've only read in books, but not yes. heard before. And they pronounce them all sorts of words. Okay. Wrong. That is my story of my life. I do that even as an adult. It's terrible. Um, one of my kids recently was reading a book. My kids are always talking about bad words. They don't say them, but they're like, do you know what the, this word is? You know, the, you know, it's like, oh, the neighbor told me this word. And I was like, oh, stop telling your younger sister there's a this word or that word. Anyway, one of them just said, mom, um, shoot. No, I can't remember what the word was, but it was something like, uh, husky or something that had like a hard syllable <laughs> and just sounded like it could have been a bad word. Is this, is this a bad word? No, no, that's not a bad word. <laughs> if it's in a kid's book, chances are good. It's not a bad word, but you never know. Depends on who you say it to and what kind of body image they have. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh. It can be, it can be like many things. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about peacemakers today. It's a very timely topic, of course, because we just live amongst so much contention and anger, and especially with the conflicts in the Middle East right now, our hearts are just broken as people are 
horrible to each other. Governments are horrible to each other. There's deception and anger and fighting and judgment and so many horrible things. So even though people talk about world peace as a cliche, we believe in peace in our homes and peace in our communities and that we can really, really work hard towards that by teaching our own children how to be peacemakers and start healing some of the contention that is in our homes and around us. Yes. You think about it. The only way for the world to have more peace is for it to start at an individual level. And that is something that we can control. So um, we have con- we don't have control over world peace, really. I mean, I can't talk to any government leader or anything and, you know, you know, foment peace or whatever. But there is a way for us to control and have influence over the peace in our hearts and in our homes. So how do you raise peacemaker, peacekeepers, peacemakers in such a divisive world? So that's what we've been thinking a lot about um, and we're going to be talking about today. Yes, we um, decided that the three main ways that all of us can help add more peace to the world um, are the following that we're going to cover. The first one is internal peace. We'll just tell you what that means in a minute. Another one is peace amongst our family, right? Probably what we're all here for. And then the third one is external peace with all those that uh, surround us. Okay. Let's start off with internal peace because that's the one that we can control. That is the only one that we can control. So internal peace, I mean, I don't need to explain this to you guys. (laughs) You know what it feels like to have peace and you know what it feels like to not have peace, not be at peace inside yourself. And like the difference is it affects you physically. It affects you emotionally. It affects you almost in every single way, whether you have internal peace or not. And so for me, internal peace is like, I know what to do. I know what I'm supposed to do to be right with God. And when I do that, and when I work on trying to do that, then I have internal peace. But when I'm at odds with, first of all, God, and then others, because he um, mandated peace with everyone, with others, then I have a lack of peace. I have that unsettled kind of uprising, both in my in my thoughts, in my emotions, in my feelings, in my heart, in, in my whole life. And so to me, that's internal peace. Yes. I. It's so interesting that we're talking about this today. I am actually filled with a lot of uh, conflicting emotions today because I had a really hard day yesterday and had some some unkind words spoken to me. And, and I'm it's been interesting to just kind of check and see, okay, where did I go wrong? Um, what can I do now at this point, now that words have been spoken? Like it, we cannot control other people. We cannot control what's done or said to us, but we can control how we respond. And it is not easy, you guys. I spent like the whole night tossing and turning thinking, I just want to say this back. I just want to counteract with this. They're wrong about me. Yeah, that's. there's going to be a lot of people wrong about us. There's going to be a lot of people that choose conflict over peace consistently, but we don't have to be those. And in order to have internal peace, like you said, Audrey, we have to be at peace with God and with the values that we hold. And then we also have to allow others to not be at peace. Like sometimes I've found myself just fighting to try to get someone to like me. (laughs) You're going to like me, dang it. I'm going to show you that I'm a likable person. And that's just not possible, right? We're we're not going to convince everyone that we're great and and we're not going to want to spend time with everybody else out there. That's okay. We can all just do our own thing. But what I'm saying is we're only responsible for the peace within our own hearts. And it goes a long way. We have our circles of influence can extend for a long ways, but but it is a battle. It, it can be so challenging. So when you have peace, it is so motivating and inspiring to figure out how to have peace in the future. And this is actually something that I've spent a lot of time 
thinking about and cultivating. Um, so the first thing I do to have more internal peace is prayer. So connect with my creator, connect with God and have like, that's the source of peace in the Bible. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. That's one of his names. And like, where do we go for peace? First of all, we go to an I go to an outside source and ask for peace. Like, just ask for it. May I please have peace? <laughs> I really need it today. Um, I have studied peace in the Bible for a long time. Um, I just recently did. Like, it's a, it's a subject that I keep coming back to. So I recently um, dove down another rabbit hole on a study of peace in the Bible, and it started with this thought. There's a verse in the Bible that says, then will your peace be like a river. And so I was thinking about like a river and I'm going to, I'm going to share just a thought I had here about this. So like peace is something that's kind of, um, contagious. <laughs> and it, so you think about, I have been both to the headwaters of the Missouri and to, uh, of the Mississippi river, which is the headwaters of the Missouri, which is where I grew up in Montana. And to where the Mississippi River dumps into the Gulf of Mexico. And the difference is astronomical, okay? So where it begins in Montana in the mountains, you're like, this is going to be a river, this little tiny bit of water bubbling up out of the ground. And then when you see where the Mississippi um, goes into the Gulf of Mexico, you can barely even see across the Mississippi River at that point. It is so wide. And I love that picture when it comes to peace because – if I start with a little tiny grain of peace in my life, that can grow and grow and grow and even affect other people. Like you think about a river, how many, how much life is sustained in a river and because of a river. And so that is like a, a recent study that I did on peace. So just studying peace helps me have more peace. And then I do like a physical thing that brings me peace is like yoga because it's balancing my nervous system and my thoughts and my emotions and then meditation too, like thinking about peace and all that. So those are some actual things that I do to help cultivate peace in my life. Oh my gosh. I love that analogy. How fascinating that, and that peace can grow, right? Sometimes we don't think that, that, um, our own actions have much effect past our lives and our children's lives, but they really do. They have ripples, just like anger and contention have ripples, right? Somebody can get angry and you you feel it on the other side of town because it, you know, kind of passed through people. Peace and love is the same way. It really is. Um, and and I love that that thought that it can just go from this little trickle to a raging river and and spread out so far. Um, I, I also have physical things that I do to feel more peace. Uh, just thinking about our interview with Leah Davidson, I'm constantly kind of checking in with my nervous system. Like when I don't feel peace very often, it's because my nervous system is activated, right? And I'm, I'm feeling like stressed or I'm feeling attacked or something like that. Um, and, and physical exercise, so great. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned yoga, meditating. For me, I like to do things that are a little more energetic. I love going for a run. That actually really centers me and helps me get some of that aggression out. <laughs> Sometimes I go, I go towards anger. Um, when, when I've been, when someone has, there's been a contention, you know, and that kind of gets some of that energy out for me, but I love the prayer, the studying of God's word, anything, um, that can bring more peace into our life will allow us it, to move through us and us to channel it out as well. We cannot, and, and you guys, we've talked about emotions before, like we can't just hold on to them and just think they're going to go away. We have to feel them. Even if they're emotions, we don't want to feel like anger or shame or frustration or whatever, and then allow ourselves to act out of peace. 
Uh, like our episode with Rhonda Farr, where she talked about the emotions we're trying to hide being like that beach ball we're trying to hold yes. under the water. <laughs> yes, yes. And I feel like my beach ball grows. And one of these days I'm going to let go. It's going to shoot me out of the pool and across the neighbor's fence. You know, <laughs> we cannot push it down for sure, for sure. The other thing I'll say here is um, in this experience that I'm learning is um, I try not to respond when my nervous system is still activated because I can't think, right? I cannot decide how I want to react in a way that is in keeping with my values and with what I think is right. And so I just don't. So it's much better for me to say nothing if I can't say something nice. And I just remain quiet for a while. If necessary, I'll say, guys, I can't talk about this right now. Maybe my children. Can we revisit it later on tonight after I've had time to think, time to breathe? This is hard for someone who thinks before talking. That's me. Audrey thinks, sorry, talks before thinking. Audrey thinks before talking. I talk before thinking. Um, But to give myself a moment to relax, to find inner peace before I go spouting off and causing external chaos, right? So just really, really pay attention to what your heart is harboring. Uh, it takes all types. Uh, usually I'm left like two hours later coming up with a thing I wish I'd said in my brain, like, oh, if only I'd thought of that. <laughs> okay, you guys, there's this hilarious song that my kids listen to. It's called The Comeback Song. And basically she talks about how somebody says something rude and she's like, oh, um, mm, hold on a second. I've got it. It's coming. It's coming. Then 20 minutes later, she's like, oh yeah, well, it's hilarious. Go listen to it. Um, I think that's good though. That's probably good. You get yourself out of a lot of fights that I probably get myself into. So, okay. So we are moving on to number two, second way of getting more peace. And that is peace within the family. So hard siblings, fighting kids, yelling. I think most of us moms, one of the top three things we want in life is just less fighting in the home more peace, right? We have an episode specifically on sibling rivalry. It's number 38. We'll link it in the show notes. So that's a great place to start. Uh, but it is a challenge and it will probably continue to be a challenge as long as you have children, period. <laughs> so true. So true. I have been, um, so on our Instagram account, we share funny memes, parenting things that we come across and they're so fun and funny. But one of the recent ones I shared was about, you know, a parent saying, well, what they thought it was going to be like to have kids before I had kids. And then what I thought, what it's like after I had kids. And basically it's just him yelling, stop fighting, like constantly. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So how we teach and respond to our children, it has generational ripples. And this also means we're being affected by how our parents taught and responded to us and how their relationships were with each other and with their siblings and with their parents. Don't, can't you think of somebody that you know where they had a terrible relationship with their parents and now their children are having a terrible relationship with them, like if they have older children? Like that is the paradigm. So we have to examine our paradigms. Like don't let it cause guilt. <laughs> you're, you're kind of like we've said many times on this podcast, you have two chances at the parent-child relationship. One when you're a parent, when when you're a child. But just be aware that it is affecting you. It's what we want to do is reinforce how crucial it is to always work for peace. Something I say on repeat to my kids is, don't you want to be friends when you grow up? <laughs> and then I then I say to them, your sibling that you're fighting with, you know, fill in the blank their name, is going to be an amazing person when they grow up. And I know you're going to want to be their friend, but you have to start that right now. (laughs) And then I say to the other sibling, 
your sibling, fill in the blank name, is going to be an amazing person when they grow up. And I know you're going to want to be friends with them, but you have to start that right now. I could like just record that and just play it like constantly in my house. You should play it at night when they're sleeping. <laughs> It'll that like, is the thing to do. I know some, what is that called? Some conscious, subliminal subliminal subliminal. Or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just going to sink in there. They're going to wake up and be like, you know what? You're going to be amazing an adult. Want to be my friend? <laughs> I'm gonna try that. Okay, can't hurt. (laughs) Can't hurt my health. Yeah. Yes. Um, I and what a great perspective, right? As adults, we know how quickly life passes, right? And I now look at my siblings and think these are hilarious people that I love spending time with. As a kid, I wanted to strangle them. (laughs) My brother, I would look at and just go, just feel anger seething. I don't. I don't. You know, we we were learning as kids how to manage our emotions, and. They're adults now and they're so fun. And it's like, oh, I I love these relationships. These are, these are so valuable. Conversely, I have seen relationships be torn apart when the people were young and they never got repaired. Right. And they caused some major damage to self-esteem and confidence issues. And, you know, we can, we, again, no guilt intended here, but we do have the power to shape our children's lives in how much contention and fighting we allow. And uh, I don't think any of us want to allow it, but sometimes we just get tired, right? But we really, really do need to work for peace at all times. This ad is brought to you guys by Novaly. You all know we both love to sew our own clothes. Why? Because it's so hard to find cute, comfortable, and stylish clothes with enough coverage. So that is why I started Novaly four years ago. I wanted to give moms cute, colorful clothing options that were bold and fun, but also kept us from flashing the neighborhood when we were playing with our kids on the swings. Novaly carries tops, bottoms, dresses, and more. But the most exciting recent addition is the Letty Bra, a super soft, comfortable knit bra designed by our favorite Bonnie that you can wear under those lower cut tops or dresses that show a little more than you like. Yes, I'm so excited about this bra. It comes in black and white, and I wear mine pretty much anytime I want to forget that I'm wearing a bra. I mean, can you imagine wearing a bra that you're not desperate to take off at the end of the day? That would be so great, right? Okay, be sure to check out Novaly.co for the latest in stylish, colorful clothes for moms and go get on the newsletter to be updated on their next exclusive designs. So I'm reading the book, The Anatomy of Peace. I don't know if you guys have ever read it. Fascinating book. And one concept that they describe in that book is the difference between seeing other people as people versus as obstacles. And I thought about this for a second. Like there are certain instances in my life where I very often see people as obstacles. Like when I'm in a traffic jam, when I'm in line at the grocery store, I'm like, get, come on, move, move. I'm not seeing these people as human beings. I'm seeing them as annoying people that don't know how to use their blinkers, right? But if we can teach this to our children and and say, stop, wait a minute, those people are also in a hurry to get home. These people are also trying to get their groceries and, and get back to life as quickly as can. In all instances, look for a reason to treat people like people. And again, this goes back to knowing that we really are all all equal in worth and value. We're all children of God. Like to, to come back to that and say, am I treating this person like an obstacle to something I want or like a, like a human being? I really like that concept. My husband has a good way of helping me uh, for years. He said, oh, you know, when I'm driving or when there's this impatient traffic thing going, he'll be like, oh, I bet that person. And then he'll fill in this really ridiculous or emergency situation. And it'll like instantly bring understanding, you know, and a, and a measure of calm to the situation. Like, oh, I bet they're on their way to the hospital to have a baby. And then everybody's like, oh, babies. And it's not all, you know, would you get out of my way or why are you being such a jerk driving like that? Yeah. 
Yes, yes. I, I thought of myself this week. I, we had another scary instance with one of my kids earlier this week, and I just thought, I'm probably not very nice this week. I'm, I'm probably impatient. And yet I have, a, I think, a valid reason, but nobody's going to know that, you know, on the on the road or at the store or if we could just always assume the, the best in people and assume that they are struggling with their own issues and we can, we can help or we can hurt that by how we react. Yeah. Okay. This kind of brings us to our third area of peace that we want to talk about. And that's external peace, like how we can influence the peace around us. So we kind of, we definitely can control the peace in ourselves, internal peace. And we have a I feel like a responsibility to set a, a right standard for family peace, sibling peace. But then there's external peace. What what about everybody else around us? <laughs> so we we kind of already started on this one, but we it's it's again what we teach over those who we influence. So like teach our kids that they are and everyone around them is a child of God. Everybody has a soul, is the way that we say it at our house. Everybody has a soul. And understanding everybody's that they have a soul and their intrinsic worth, that's key toward treating other people peacefully. Like if you, if you understand that like there's this soul or this spirit world that everybody is a part of, like maybe you have nothing in common with anybody else, but can you connect with them because you have a soul and they have a soul? Yes. That's so beautiful. And a great reminder that we really are the, another thing we have in common, we're all here on earth just trying to figure things out. And uh, it is not easy ever. I don't know anybody that's ever had a life and on their deathbed thought, you know what? That was easy. I'd do it again. <laughs> Most of us are like, that was hard. But but so joyful too, like to to reach out with peace and love to everyone, no matter how many differences we have is so powerful. Um, one thing I want to say here is, and this kind of goes back to peace in the family too, but as it extends to teaching our children about going out into the world, we need to really watch out for habits of talking about or teasing others, especially due to differences. So it can be, for some reason, human beings love to connect through ostracizing others. <laughs> You know, that's why we have groups and clicks. And very often in the click, they'll say, oh, have you seen so-and-so? She doesn't fit in with this group. It, I think it's just because we're tribal, but we don't have to be cruel in our tribalness, right? We we want families, we want communities, but we don't need to ostracize others because they don't fit in. So this is something that's very important and can very easily get out of hand at home where somebody says, did you see so-and-so? Why does their hair look so weird? Why do they look like that? Why do they wear that thing? Why do they do this thing? Why do they? And very easy to jump in on it together and say, yeah, that's so weird. And it's our responsibility as parents to say, oh, that's just different, right? It looks weird to you, but how you dress and how you do your hair might seem weird to them. And, you know, exposing them to other cultures and other communities and can be so powerful and letting them open their eyes and realize we are all human. We all have souls. We just dress and talk and walk differently. Yes, that is that is such good advice for, I remember one time, <laughs> probably a hundred times when my kids saw somebody who was just different from them for the first time, different skin color, different hairstyle, different body weight, different, whatever. And little kids very, very curiously have comments and they don't know what to think. And sometimes they say things quite audibly in public. <laughs> and you're like, shut up, kid. <laughs> Talk about this at home. <laughs> oh, but you know, okay, that's all for people who are that we can look at them and say, this person is trying to be a good person and live their life. But we're not whitewashing things here. We know that there is evil in the world and that there are people who are under the influence of evil and seeking to do evil. So like, what do we do about them? We have a responsibility as parents as well 
to teach our kids values. And that includes what's right and what's wrong. And sometimes we look at people and we say, see something wrong. And we can use it as a teaching moment for our kids. How we do this, we talked about in episode 93, how to teach values without condemning others. That's a great place to start because we really dove deep into it there. And just kind of a in a nutshell here, it is okay to say, we don't do that. <laughs> that, you know, that is between them and God. This is what I tell my kids all the time. We don't make choices like that. We don't engage in that kind of behavior, but that is between them and God because going back to where we started, they have a soul and they have to answer for that soul to God. So absolutely we teach our kids that certain actions are wrong. And oftentimes those conversations start because of something they've seen someone else do or, or something in the news or something um, that they've heard someone else say or questions they have. Kids are so curious. And so definitely, absolutely, we have an obligation to teach our kids the difference between right and wrong. We're not whitewashing that at all. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's tricky to figure out. But you know what? If you have kids, you, this is one you're going to have to figure out because they're going to they're gonna bring it up to you. It's not like they're forcing the issue. It's just that curiosity. They just want to know. And it's our responsibility to teach them that. Yes. And they want to put people in boxes, right? We all do. We want to make sense of the world. And I'm pretty sure this is, I have 10 children. I'm pretty sure this has happened 10 times where they've learned about, a young child has learned about smoking. And then the next person they see with a cigarette goes, oh, that's bad. That's, I'm like, okay, well, again, that's between them and God. And that is their choice. So, they can make that So choice. loud, clear. <laughs> so yeah. Loud. That's bad. That's unhealthy. You're going to get cancer. I'm like, oh, can we not? Oh, okay. <laughs> so Yes, that is just socialization. We get to learn, teach our children, but so powerful that we are not saying that we relinquish our responsibility to teach our children the value set that we firmly believe in, that this is right and this is wrong. And then we get to deal with the children that go out and make their decisions that sometimes are in keeping with our value set and sometimes are not. And we always want them to know that we love them and they have a soul and we all get to make our own choices, right? But such a powerful lesson to teach kids early on. Um, I also want to say here that I think it's an important concept to teach children how far, like we mentioned, that circle of influence extends, right? Um, I can think of ways that someone speaking kindly to me has created ripples. Someone has known I've been having a bad day and has done something kind for me and that has then extended my kindness on, um, you know, just like we mentioned before. That can be a really fun activity, actually, is to, uh, you know, kind of have an imaginative scenario where what if somebody did this and then that happened and that happened and to see how far those ripples can spread. Um, because the same thing goes with when people speak unkindly. So such a, such a great lesson for little kids that are still learning the effects of their actions. Okay. So peace can be described as love or harmony. Like those two things, unity, right? Those things cause you to have all those good feelings wash over you. So um, you can ask your kids to use, there's, so there's a couple questions I have my kids ask themselves, and this is helpful. Um, for them to start thinking toward this being a peacemaker. So one one is, um, how would I feel if someone else did this or said this to me? Like always turn it back on yourself because kids are so narcissistic, which is just the natural state of a child, that they always think about it in terms of themselves. So you can use that as a tool to teach them. How would I feel if somebody said this to me or if somebody did this to me? That's the question that I always start with. And then um, another one is, will this thought or action increase love and harmony in the world or decrease it <laughs> or in our family or with this other person, right? So will it help love, peace grow or is it going to just kind of kill it? Like peace is one of those things that just 
can be gone in a moment. I think we've all had that happen. And so it's so important to help our children learn how to cultivate it. You know, after sharing all these uh, different ways of helping our children and helping uh, spread peace, it just always comes back to the inner peace, right? You cannot be a peaceful, loving person on the outside if you are not a peaceful, loving person on the inside. So many times we will have war waging within us and think, well, I got to be a good person. And then we're just kind of strong arming ourselves into trying to put on a happy face. It doesn't mean we have to be happy and you know, everything going right all the time, but it does mean that we always seek for peace. And frankly, I can be suffering and still be at peace. Does that make sense? Like I have had things that I've been grieving or problems in my life or things that I've struggled with, but if I'm coming back to that inner peace, if I'm staying in tune with God, if I am trying to keep living in accordance with my values, I'm still able to feel peace even while my life and the world around me is kind of raging. And that I think is the greatest gift we can give ourselves and to our families and the communities abroad is that, is that inner peace and how it radiates out from us. Yes, I like um, to think often about the verse in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. So I almost wonder if peace is a requirement for heaven. Like there, think of the opposite. You know, if an instigator or a troublemaker, is that going to be found in heaven? I don't think so. <laughs> and I like to, another thing I like to do here in my final thoughts is I think about um, if Jesus was in a situation, maybe the situation that I'm in, like what would he do? How would he have peace in that situation? Or think about situations that Jesus was in and how he still maintained peace. A really great example um, of Jesus maintaining peace was when that time when they brought to him a woman that they had taken in adultery, like in the act of adultery. And they said, what should we do? And Jesus just stooped down and wrote with his finger in the ground. He said nothing. And they kept asking him. So finally he stood up from writing in the ground and he said, whoever doesn't have any sin, let them cast the first stone. <laughs> like, cause stoning was the, the consequence for adultery. And he stooped back down and he wrote in the ground again. And he looked, and then everybody like that, speaking of peace, having a ripple effect, everybody started looking within themselves. And from the oldest person to the youngest person, they all left. And then Jesus had a really good conversation with that woman that was left there and taken in adultery. And he was like, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. I love that story because he not only had peace in that situation, his peace affected every single other person there. And I love that story. And I just thought, goodness, I have a huge long way to go, even on maintaining internal peace. But could I have such a level of peace that it could even affect somebody else? Man, I hope I get to that level someday. You know, I've read that story a thousand times and it honestly just occurred to me that his reaction, well, I knew that it saved her life, but that it also saved all those other people from making a mistake and from judging. And it, it just takes one instigator to create a conflict and it really just creates one peacemaker to give people permission to back down and to extend compassion. Um, and sometimes I think most of the time we will probably never even know the extent of the, the effort we put forth into creating peace, but you always know that it's going to yield more peace and love. So I love that. Well, all right, friends, that's the episode we got for you today. We hope this helps bring a little bit more peace and calm into your own mind and heart and especially into your family's, um, lives as well. So we'll talk to you next week. I'm Bonnie. I'm Audrey and we're outnumbered. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. I'm looking up a Bible verse here and it's not cooperating with me. My connection.